Welcome to this edition of Appalachian Shine. This is J.C. Swinegruber. This is the official podcast of the Foundation for Appalachian Advancement. Thanks again for tuning in here today. And we have a great guest here on the show today. We're going to talk about things here in central Appalachia and Bristol. We have Bill Hartley, who is with the uh, Board of Supervisors there, and he's also the Vice Mayor of Bristol. And Mr. Hartley, appreciate you coming on the show. How's everything going in Bristol today? Well, doing good. It uh, turned out to be a pretty day here. Sun come out after some rain this morning. I'm sitting here on my front porch. So, that's uh, that's about all it's done is rain here lately. But, um, but yeah, glad to have some sunshine out today. Um, I guess one of the before we kind of get into what's going on in Bristol, let's go ahead and just address the elephant in the room. We're right here in the middle of this coronavirus, and so many people are out of work. Uh, a lot of small businesses are shut down. How's how are things in Bristol right now? You know, Bristol's a very unique uh, situation. Uh, of course, um, you know, the governor, we're on the Virginia side. Uh, and uh, for people that don't realize it, uh, the city of Bristol is uh, two different cities. The state line runs down the middle of State Street. And so while it's, we say it's one community, it's two cities. Uh, for example, uh, I live in Bristol, Virginia. I serve on the city council, as you mentioned, on the Virginia side, but yet I work in Tennessee, just barely uh, maybe uh, 15 foot from the state line right there in downtown Bristol. Uh, you know, both states, uh, the governors issued stay at home orders, uh, encouraging people to social distance, things uh, and things like that. In the last uh, week or so, the uh, governor of Tennessee has begun to ease those restrictions so that uh, some of the restaurants and other businesses are able uh, to open up uh, at uh, a a much reduced capacity, but open up. Uh, In Virginia, those orders still remain into effect at least uh, into next week, and I think the governor is going to make some announcement about uh, potentially easing that. I know a lot of people here in Southwest Virginia have talked to them about when they do ease that to look at the Commonwealth of Virginia by region because, uh, when, you know, as uh, your listeners may know, but Virginia is a very diverse state going all the way from uh, the Tidewater and the Hampton Roads area up to Northern Virginia to Southwest Virginia. So, uh, you know, just the, the distances involved and, and the characteristics of those communities are, are totally different. Uh, but um, there's been some uh, national attention. I've seen some articles posted uh, actually this afternoon. I saw something somebody put online. There was a, a Fox News story featuring uh, the owner of the Burger Bar, small business downtown, uh, talk, talking about, you know, their business and how just 30 feet in the background from them, uh, the businesses were open. So uh, it makes for a unique situation right now. Uh, I know that the businesses that can stay open are, are trying. Uh, a lot of the small business owners have tried to uh, seek help through the uh, uh, PP, the, uh, Pay- Payroll Protection Act, PPA. Uh, other programs out there, they're just, you know, really, really trying, trying, trying to figure out when things can begin to resume a little more. And uh, so in that regard, we're no different than probably any other uh, community, definitely in our region and probably uh, most communities across the state and the nation. But uh, 
that state line does make for some, you know, we always talk about it, how it makes things a little interesting here in Bristol, but you can see that right now uh, in all this, uh, with what's going on with uh, the coronavirus and having two different standards. Yeah, that's that's got to be a difficult thing. And yeah, I'm over in Richlands, which is in Tazewell County, and a lot of people from here um, on the weekends will drive to Bristol and Johnson City and the areas over there for because it, the Tri Cities area is such an important piece of Central Appalachia, not just culturally but uh, economically. Um, that it's uh, that you draw people from all over the the area in there. And for business owners right there on that state line, that's got to be so frustrating to look across the street and see your your other you know your other half of the town getting back to work, and so many people that really need the money here in the southwestern part of Virginia, where we haven't really been impacted, like you mentioned with coronavirus, like places like Northern Virginia or Richmond or the or the Tidewater area, um, being so rural. I don't say we've escaped it, but as far as those other areas, I mean, they, they would look at it like we escaped the problem for the most part. Yeah, I mean, there there have been uh, cases here uh, in southwest Virginia, in uh, uh, northeast Tennessee, so we clearly haven't escaped it. And But yet, when you look at that, like I say, those lines, um, you know, it, it's a yellow line in the middle of the street, but it, it really matters, but... To your point, as far as uh, a trading area, I mean, uh, the city of Bristol, uh, Virginia, and Washington County and Scott County, which all border uh, Tennessee, uh, are considered part of the Kingsport uh, MSA. So, you know, a lot of times, and, and there's been a lot of work in this area to really look at it as one region and try to get across uh uh, whether it be city boundaries or county boundaries or even state lines, recognizing that, that really from, say, uh, Greenville, Tennessee, up to uh, Haswell, uh, uh, Dickinson County, up into the coal fields, that this is really one region, and uh, what happens in one place affects the other. And uh, But yet, right, like I say, right now, it's a very interesting time, and, and I know... Uh, the businesses that, that are opening, they're trying to stay safe. Uh, a lot of people are trying to, to, to stay safe as well. So it's uh, really a balancing act between, uh, uh, you know, trying to do what you feel you need to and, and also being responsible and staying safe. And any idea what the chances are that the governor will allow Bristol, uh, Virginia, to open up, um, even if it doesn't impact other areas of the state, that he'll just make that decision to do this locally? I, I have no idea. I mean, I, I have uh, participated in a few calls that, that uh, the Virginia Municipal League and, and the Chamber of Commerce and our local delegate, uh, Israel Quinn, uh, with some uh, state officials, uh, particularly with uh, uh, to talk about this. And I know, you know, they're they're, op they're trying to be open to the idea of opening regionally. Again, I don't know when they say regionally, what that would mean, how big that region is, uh, you know, would it be, if you say Southwest Virginia, would it be from Whitfield? Would it include Roanoke? Uh, again, uh, different people have a different idea of when you even say the word Southwest Virginia, where that begins and ends. So I don't know where, what, if they even were looking at it regionally, where, 
that area would be. Yeah. And I know there's so many people that listen to this show that we know through the foundation that are just anxious to find out if they still have a job. Um, and just to get back to work in general, you know, they have so many, everybody has things that they need to take care of. So, um, so I wish you know, certainly you and your family well going forward too. Yeah, and, and, you know, the, again, uh, in this region, I mean, you've got people that, that um, traditionally have a, a good work ethic, but you also have uh, a lot of high poverty and stuff. So it, it, being out of work really uh, can have a devastating impact on, on these communities. Yeah. I wanted to talk a little bit about something that Bristol had um, designated uh, what, what was called Vision 2034. Um, that they put into effect in 2014. But I wanted to ask you, how long have you served as uh, vice mayor and uh, on the uh, board of supervisors there? Well, uh, it's a bit on the city council. I was first elected in 2014, so I'm coming up on the end of my uh, sixth year, halfway through my uh, second term. Okay. Uh, so uh, during that time, uh, I we, the, the uh, mayor and the vice mayor, they're not elected by the people. There's five members of council, and they rotate uh, staggered terms. We're actually, today was supposed to be the election day uh, for two of the terms. Okay. Uh, that has since been moved uh, two weeks uh, by the governor's order. Uh, so um, we'll have potentially or at least two new terms starting uh, July 1. Um but the mayor and the vice mayor are selected among council. Uh, as I tell people, those positions, uh, you don't really have any additional power. Everybody has one vote. You just have a few more responsibilities, maybe. But we try to rotate those through. Usually, uh, every year, somebody, uh, the vice mayor typically become the mayor. The mayor will, uh, or somebody else become vice mayor. Um, so in the course of my time, this this is the second time I've been vice mayor, and uh, I served may as mayor for one year already. So, okay. um, you know, I've, I've, out of the currently the members on council, I'm, I've been serving the longest. Uh, so when you talk about this plan, um, I remember that that was something we did uh, right after I come on council. Something that. Uh, uh, you know, I had advocated for uh, from the outside and, and once getting on council, realized we needed to do is, is come up with a, a vision and a plan for how we move Bristol forward. Uh, that's something I, I firmly believe in that, that you know, uh, you need to, to think ahead. You need to have a plan. As, as I tell people, if you... Uh, if you're not trying to think ahead, then you're only going to be reactionary. And if you're reactionary, at the end of the day, the best you can hope for is to maintain the status quo, that uh, things are going to change. If you can try to anticipate that change, then hopefully you can move it in the direction you want it to go in uh, or you can be prepared for it. So that's kind of what we sat down and tried to begin this process of uh, developing a, a plan for what Bristol would look like and looked at uh, different areas in that plan, things, you know, such as uh, economics or uh, neighborhoods or financial health, uh, you know, pointed out some of those areas that 
we would then focus on. And, and since then, that's kind of been a roadmap. Uh, you know, for example, uh, now when uh, outside agencies uh, come and make a budget request to the council, one of the questions we ask them is, how will giving you this money help the city uh, advance in these areas? And, and we don't expect that a project's going to uh, advance every single area, but again, how does this tie back to kind of our uh, strategic vision? And so in some ways it's, it's been very helpful. Again, uh, you know, you're laying out where you kind of, this is where we would like to be in 20 years. We're probably five years into that. Uh, so five or six now. So, you know, again, uh, there's still a lot of work that needs to be done, but I think it gives people an idea of, of where we want the city ultimately to be. Sure. And it was a really good, uh, it was a 12 page document that was on bristolva.org. And for those listening, I'll put a link up on our uh, Facebook page for the Foundation for Appalachian Advancement, and people can click on it from there and, and, and read it. So it was a really good summary of, you know, at the time, 2014, where you wanted the city to be you know, in, in 20 years, and how it would still fit in, you know, that, that bigger, longer-term vision, how it fits in with the, uh, I guess, would it be the unofficial slogan of the city, a good place to live that's on the sign on State Street as you cross in? Yeah, I, I guess that is our unofficial slogan. I know it was... Uh... If you go downtown to State Street and see the sign that uh, right there by the train station that they put up uh, over a hundred years ago, now uh, you know that's what it says: Bristol, Virginia, uh, Tennessee, a good place to live. So I always tell people we're not, uh, you know, too proud. We don't say it's the best place or anything like that, but it's a good place, and uh, I I would agree with that. I think a lot of people here, but. The question is then, what do we need to do to maintain uh, that, to help keep Bristol be a, a good place to live, to work, to play, so that people will want to uh, stay in this area, as well as attract new individuals, business, investment from the outside to come here as well. Yeah, and I think when, when Bristol gets fully all the way back, uh, opening up on the Virginia side, um, I, yeah, I'm, I'm personally looking forward to it because I, I'm down there often myself. But I noticed over the weekend and uh, starting earlier this week, uh, yesterday, Monday, that a lot of people, um, I've had family that was down that area on the uh, Tennessee side, but there were so many people out that were just excited to get back out. And I think hopefully um, if businesses can hold on there, we'll see a robust comeback there in, uh, in the Virginia side as well. Um, and uh, as far as when you uh, put this vision together, the 2034 vision, I wanted to ask, since Bristol is kind of split in two there, half on the Virginia side and half on the Tennessee side, do you coordinate well with those on the other side of the border for a bigger vision? Or is this something that only when you, when you did this, only um, you only looked at the Virginia side um, as, you know, just, just for this? When we did this part, we, we started with ourselves, and but we do work well uh, with Virginia. Uh, you know, again, for those that are listening, Virginia is a very unique uh, state. I, I think it's the, one of the only ones where you have independent cities. So, for example, in the city of Bristol, Virginia, 
we're independent of the county. Uh, and uh, most places, for example, in Tennessee, the city of Bristol, Virginia, you're also a part of or, or Bristol, Tennessee. You're also a part of Sullivan County, Tennessee as well. So, um, you know, it's really interesting. So not only do we try to work with uh, particularly our neighbors across the state line in Bristol, Tennessee, but also with the neighboring county, uh, Washington County. And, you know, in my time on council, that's something I think we, we've been doing better at over the years. Those relationships may have not been the best, but uh, particularly, uh, you know, with things such as police and, and, and fire, and we have agreements and, and try to work back and forth. But even looking at ways in terms of economic development, community development, and uh, particularly between the two Bristols in downtown, uh, because, again, the downtown Bristol is kind of the, the heart of our community. And so, uh, you know, anything that benefits downtown benefits both people. If you have people coming in from uh, out of the area uh, and they come downtown, uh, unless somebody tells them, they wouldn't know which state they were in. Uh, a lot of times in, in where I work downtown, you see there's people that stop in the middle of the street to take a picture of their feet on both sides. <laughs> I've, uh, I've been guilty. <laughs> And, and and that Geico commercial, uh, people, you know, I, I, there's a business owner in downtown that tells me even today, people come in and say they saw that we're still on the Geico commercial and they want to, you know, do that as well. So, uh, you know, but there's things like, for example, Bristol, Tennessee helps fund uh, the, the big music festival we have, the Rhythm and Roots Festival, they fund even, and that's in both parts of downtown, but they also fund the place the country music the museum which is on the virginia side maybe by about 100 yards but again knowing that those people are going to come into town they're going to be downtown so they're going to shop they're going to eat they're going to spend money on both sides of the state line and uh you know that's how we kind of uh, look at things it things especially downtown it benefits both cities but uh, in terms of planning this plan we did first. Uh, a couple of years later, we updated our comprehensive plan, which is much more detailed and technical, but uses these same kind of themes. Uh, but it's more about land use and, and transportation and things like that. And, and by law, uh, you have to update your comprehensive plan every so often. And, and in fact, the, the group that did that, they won an award. Uh, for that, uh, the year I was mayor, uh, I talked to the mayor of, of Bristol, Tennessee, and that's again we, you know, uh, kind of informally. Uh, the city managers talk a lot, the, the mayors, the council members talk a lot, uh, and so you know we try to keep up with what the other side's doing and how we can work together. But during uh, what the Chamber of Commerce, they have an annual State of the Cities address. So we talked about the need for a new community vision because uh, it had been 20 years since they had the last uh, community vision, which was really grassroots, was driven by members in the community. And out of that came ideas such as uh, we need a new library in downtown. 
we need to uh, renovate the train station. We need a country music uh, museum in downtown. We need an organization uh, to, to help strengthen our downtown, which was uh, the Main Street program called Believe in Bristol. And then the idea uh, of, of taking Beaver Creek, which runs through both cities right through downtown, and had flooded over the years. The last major flood was in the mid-70s. Uh, and trying to do something to make it an asset rather than a liability. And uh, particularly they had the idea of something like the uh, San Antonio uh, Riverwalk. Okay. With Beaver Creek. Uh, that idea didn't pass. Uh, but what did happen is the Army Corps of Engineers came in and uh, both cities put up money and the Army Corps of Engineers uh, did uh, flood mitigation on both sides of the state line through downtown, uh, in, along further down Beaver Creek, uh, on the Tennessee side, up near uh, Sugar Hollow Park on the Virginia side where there's a dam to uh, deal with the flood uh, mitigation. And one, that has helped a lot of businesses downtown. They've talked about now their insurance is lower because of that. So that that's really helped. Uh, but all those other things downtown, it, some of which, like the Country Music Museum, took years and years and years, but finally came to fruition. So we thought, you know, it's time to, to get together and start this talk of, of coming up with a new plan. And, uh, you know, there's been some of that. Again, it's very slow working with uh, the Chamber of Commerce, uh, bringing in an outside consultant to kind of help us frame that. But again, I think that's helpful and it gives the two Bristols kind of, here's what we see as our vision, because now that, and I mentioned this before, there's a lot of uh, interest in uh, Southwest Virginia, Northeast Tennessee, to how do we look at our, ourselves as a larger region. And again, some of that goes back to the uh, uh, 90s, late 90s, where they had the Tri-Cities all-America City effort that included uh, Northeast Tennessee and Southwest Virginia. Right, I remember that. Yeah, 20-some counties. Uh, basically, what uh, for people that live here would think of as the viewing area of WCYB, uh, the TV station, I think is what they used. But uh, now there's a, a push to how do we work on this together? Because a lot of the issues that we're facing going forward are things like, uh, unfortunately, Problems like uh, opioid addiction, problems uh, particularly around demographics. Our population is uh, declining, some places way more uh, quickly than others. But I think every every county but uh, two out of those 20-some counties in, that, in our region have shown a decline in population. And so how do we get people here? How do we attract uh, new business and industry and build on our assets that are already here uh, and, and find ways to work together. Because, again, when you start looking at that data, what you see is uh, what, you know, like I say, that uh, the jobs, a job may be in Bristol, Virginia, but people are moving or driving from Washington County, Smith County, Sullivan County, Tennessee, to come to that job, so it's keeping people in the area, but not only uh, are people, you know, the commuting patterns for work, but also in terms of uh, shopping and, and, 
you know, you have people driving from uh, the coal fields, from Russell, Haswell, Wise counties down to, to Bristol, Kingsport, Johnson City to, to shop because uh, some of the retail establishments there, uh, you know, you, that's the closest place they're going to find, say, a, a Sam's Club or something like that. Uh, and they have more uh, options to shop. So, again, that's where the, those state lines, those county lines kind of, um, uh, you know, when people from the outside look at it and they say, well, you know, Bristol, Virginia is a city of 17,000 people, you're not taking into consideration that really the two Bristols together are 40-some thousand people and you bring in, Kingsport, Johnson City, and the greater region, you're talking uh, about a half a million people here. So, uh, you know, sometimes people, when you're doing an economic development, they just look at, at that one locality and they're not really looking at what's on the other side and what the whole potential of the region is. Yeah, and I think when you look at Appalachia as a whole, like you mentioned, those, those state lines kind of get blurred, and they really do, because in central Appalachia, um, I mean, it, you may look at Bristol as a whole on both sides, about 40,000 people, but in a lot of counties in central Appalachia, on any side of any border that we share, that may be the population of an entire county. And where Bristol goes, and the Tri-Cities for that matter, but where Bristol goes in regards to bringing in outside dollars for tourism, that spillover effect into the surrounding counties is huge. So when we talk about Bristol and or even the individual counties in Southwest Virginia, for example, talk about tourism, um, Bristol inevitably has to be a part of that big vision as to people are going to come here maybe into Smith County or Washington County for one or two reasons, but yet Bristol gives them 10 reasons to show up and you're just down the road. Um, Oh, go ahead. You know, there's a good example of ways to work together and that I've seen, you know, uh, in, in my line of work. I mean, I started years ago working for the Birthplace Country Music when they were getting involved and, and was involved in the Crooked Road and other projects. And I've worked with um, the Border Theater now with the Paramount. So uh, working a lot with, with uh, nonprofits, arts organizations, tourism entities, and you know, for the past well over a decade now, that's been a major focus is what do we have that's unique that can draw people here and then how do we link those things together? Because again, that's people coming in from the outside, spending money, uh, you know, with Bristol for a long time, it had been the NASCAR races twice a year, uh, people come in, uh, from all over to, to, to those races and stay, uh, some of them for uh, uh, well over a week ahead of time. Uh, but then the drag races, the, the music, the outdoor recreation, there's a lot of emphasis on that, particularly up through uh, the coal fields. Uh, and, you know, again, how do those people get here? They're probably coming up and down uh, 81. But uh, once they get here, the idea is uh, kind of a, a hub and spoke approach that, you know, uh, and the uh, uh, visitor center that they, uh, I can't remember how that, what they renamed it. It used to be Hartwood up in Abingdon. That was the kind of approach that, that Virginia was taking on that, that this was something off the interstate that people could 
pull over, find out the attractions, how to get there, and then use that as, as like a hub and then spoke, and they can go out and they can either visit a cultural attraction, outdoor recreation, uh, you know, uh, dining, all of these things that, uh, you know, we have to offer in this region for people from the outside uh, that come here to visit. So that's kind of been the strategy, and it, it, it's really worked. And in and, and some of these, uh, particularly smaller communities, not, I mean, you can see that in downtown Bristol, for example, uh, with the museum, the, the two new hotels uh, that were uh, buildings that, that had sit there, and they went in, they used historic tax credits, new market tax credits, other means of financing, but uh, to bring these buildings back to life, uh, the uh, Hotel Bristol right there uh, between the museum and the train station, and the Sessions Hotel, which was uh, down at the other end of State Street, and was actually getting ready to have their grand opening uh, at the uh, 1st of April, but uh, everything going on, uh, with uh, the coronavirus and stay-at-home orders has forced them to delay their opening. Uh, hopefully they can open later uh, this summer, but it's a, a beautiful job they've done with that in downtown Bristol, and there's still yet another hotel just a block away on the Tennessee side that's coming online. So, But some of the smaller communities like St. Paul, I mean, have done a, a fantastic job embracing what, makes them unique and, and trying to get people in there that help support these small businesses. And so hopefully, uh, you know, it's over again, that's one thing over time as things ease back up, we return to, to normal or some semblance of normal that not only people in the area can go out and enjoy these things, but hopefully people from other areas are, are able to come and enjoy what we have to offer. Yeah, absolutely. Now, Bristol is an amazing place, and um, I, I go there often uh, myself. I enjoy going down to South Holston Dam and you know, enjoying the outdoors down there and just things that Bristol has to offer that other small communities, and my, like, my, for example, my hometown really doesn't have to offer. But you mentioned one thing I want to mention before we, before we let you go, or a couple things, actually. You mentioned the Bristol Rhythm and Roots. Are we still on schedule for that, given everything that's going on right now? They, you know, they are still, to my knowledge, they have not, uh, it's still there. I mean, I think they're evaluating things and, and seeing, you know, uh, whether or not they'll be able to do it. But they, they haven't canceled anything yet or, or postponed it or anything like that. So uh, that'll be in September. It's May now, so there a lot can change between now and then. And uh, you know, I'm sure that if that event does happen, they'll do it in a way uh, to where it's it's done uh, safe uh, for for the people, for the artists, for everybody else. But uh, that is a, a really great event. Uh, I'd encourage anybody that that hasn't to come because again, it's it's a unique in that you have a, a wide variety of music right downtown here in Bristol. Uh, but, you know, for example, the State Street stage, literally you have half a band in one state, half a band in another state, and the artists love it. But in terms of a festival, 
one of the things I think that makes it unique is it's an urban festival. A lot of festivals around here are out in, in a field or, or somewhere like that. So uh, even if it does rain, uh, and it has a couple of times over the years, but not very long, in 10, 15 minutes, it, all the water runs off the street and you can get back out. And it's not like you're sitting in a muddy field for the rest of the evening. So uh, it's, it's a great venue. And, and they really incorporate downtown in that they bring in all of the small restaurants uh, as indoor venues. Uh, so it, it, it's really a, a great event. And I'd encourage people to come if they haven't. Yeah, this is one of those events that when it's over with, people literally look forward all year long to going back out for this and to see what, you know, the different bands that may come in from, well, anywhere and everywhere for that matter, um, that come in and play this festival. And it does have that, that does have that urban feel, that city feel to it right downtown. But at the same time, you know, I wanted to, to ask you, um, with, you know, with such a broad vision of the 2034 vision with, you know, economic growth and, you know, looking for, um, you know the technological growth and the, how does Bristol keep that small town warm feel to it at the same time that you have such you know a big vision for economic growth and, and, and expansion here and right in the middle of the heart of Appalachia really well, you know a lot of that I, I would say is part of what makes Bristol that this part of Appalachia so you know one of the great things is is the people and the, the people are very friendly, they're very welcoming, but you get that, so you get that small town feel. And, you know, again, the Bristol, uh, Abingdon, uh, uh, Kingsport, Johnson City, a few of these places, you, you, you have amenities that you would find in other areas. For example, Abingdon, you have a, a world-class theater there in the border theater, that nothing like that exists outside of a, a major metropolitan area. And when people come here, they're amazed that something like that exists. But yet, you know, it's still got that small town charm there along Main Street and Abington. And, and the same thing in, in Bristol and State Street. You, you've got a small, you know, you've got a lot of restaurants, you've got uh, breweries, you've got that kind of urban feel. And yet, you know, you can be 10 minutes and you can be uh, out, like, as you mentioned, at the South Holston Dam at, at, at the lake and, and fishing for trout. Uh, you know, a half hour you can be on the creeper trail and hiking. And and, and so, you know, you, you have some of these amenities, but and it you can kind of have this uh, a nicer urban feel, but yet you still have uh, the... the rural character and I think the the biggest trick as I said is just the people here that that you know it's very friendly very welcoming uh, you know a lot of times I think in urban environments people you know they talk about how they don't know their neighbors or, or I've heard you know people that live in apartments and you you don't even really you get on the elevator and you see somebody but you don't really know them and and that's not the case in in or at least in my experience in Bristol, or really anywhere in Central Appalachia, you know, I, I, as I said, I'm sitting here uh, on my front porch talking to you, and I guarantee you, if I waved at a car that went by, they would probably wave back, even if I didn't know who they are. So it's just a part of who we are, and uh, 
in this region. Yeah, and yeah, we're lucky. We're blessed to be from where we're from, honestly. And it's uh, you know we're honored here at the foundation to promote you know the best that we have to offer here in Central Appalachia from. Yeah, from where we're talking to people in, like you mentioned, St. Paul to Bristol to anywhere in eastern Tennessee or Kentucky, because we uh, we talk to people from all over here in central Appalachia. And, uh, you know, Mr. Hartley, I certainly appreciate your time today. You're welcome back anytime. And maybe next time we talk, I can actually be down in Bristol. And we'll just meet somewhere and talk about what's going on in Bristol at the time, because it's such a, a fun place to be. And it's such an important place here in central Appalachia for all the reasons that you mentioned. Culturally, historically, economically, um, and uh, you know, it's it's you know, Bristol's uh, where Bristol goes. The rest of us go here in Central Appalachia as well. Well, I, I appreciate as I say the opportunity, and uh, yeah, hopefully, uh, I'm more than happy to talk to you again. And hopefully, we could do that. Sit sit down somewhere downtown, maybe uh, have a bite to eat at the Burger Bar or a donut at there at Blackbird Bakery. No, if you're talking the bakery, you're talking to my heart right there. <laughs> I, I like going to that place. I tell you, I, that, that's one of the things uh, that has unfortunately been closed down. And, and I know the owners of that are actually working on a, establishing a second location uh, on Commonwealth Avenue here in Bristol. That's okay. a, a drive-through. So I, I wish they could hurry up and get that up and running. Because, one, I know that would do well anyway. But, two... With uh, all this social distancing right now, that would they would do a great job if they had a drive. Yeah, so. they are really good people. They've been really good to me too. Actually, I'm a, a lot of people don't know this, but I'm a, a writer on the side. I, I write under a pen name, and they've hosted me there at the Blackbird um, last year. Actually, with the last book I brought out. So, yeah, good people. So when you're when you're in Bristol, uh, swing by any of the local businesses. Uh, help them all out. We're all going to need it after this is over with. So, But I appreciate it, Mr. Hartley. We'll talk again soon. And thanks, everybody, for tuning in to this episode of Appalachian Shine, uh, the official podcast for the Foundation for Appalachian Advancement. You can find us online at www.supportappalachia.org. And you're always welcome to find uh, things going on in Bristol at bristolva.org as well. Is that the best place to keep up with Bristol? Well, that's... That's the city's website. I would, uh, I think it's discoverbristol.org. Okay. That's the tourism website. So they can keep up more with the events on both sides of town. That'd be as far as you know what what's going on in terms of community events. The the bristolva.org would be more what's going on uh, in the city uh, at the municipal level. Okay. Yeah, I'm sure you know a lot of people will probably want to follow a little bit of both. Uh, just before we oh, yeah. close off, I, I do want to uh, say that you know, driving through Bristol and being through there so many times in my life growing up, it does seem like a very seamless transition from Bristol, Virginia into Tennessee. And uh, being a city uh, separate, uh, we, uh, we normally have our foundation meetings done in the city of Norton and no people down there. So to be able to work together and make things so seamless, it's not an easy task. It, it's got to be very kind of complicated working as a city and then with other officials in, in a county level too. So great job to everybody there doing that because Bristol's a special place to all of us in central Appalachia. Um, and just, just keep up, keep up the good work that's, that's going on there. Cause driving through anybody that stops by would never really even notice, like you said, uh, sometimes Thank that you even cross that state line. Thank you. I appreciate that. It's uh, there's a lot going on that again, 
people don't see, but uh, I think we're all very proud of our community and uh, want to see uh, as people come here, but also for people that are here that, to continue to make it a, a good place to live. All right. Thank you for your time.